stuff to yeah. USA, man. Three songs. Three songs. Three songs. Photo fail. It's three songs. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. 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 It's Bobby Mike. It's Bobby Mike. Three songs. That's right, Three Songs Pod, episode 122, June 24th, 2020. Bob Nastanovich, Mike Hogan, Bob. What's June that? 24th, thanks for reminding me. It's three days before my sister's birthday. Oh, happy yeah. birthday, Mary. Mary Nastanovich, yeah. Mary Nastanovich Jacobs. Happy, you know, happy birthday, favorite. Mary. Do you know why I remembered her name? Well, her name's Mary. Because you have a sister named Mary and I have a sister named Mary. Yeah, there we go. Something in common. Yeah, that's right. Bless her heart. I love her. Yeah. And she lives in Richmond, Virginia, and, and I'd love to see her, but uh, that'll have to wait. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, well, good uh, to talk to you. Welcome back. We're doing it again. You brought three songs. I brought three songs. I don't know any of your songs, although I do know one of the artists you play, you're, you're playing tonight, and I think you don't really know any of the three artists that I'm bringing. You know of them, maybe, but are unfamiliar so this will be nice it'll, it'll well be that nice. you know it's kind of like par for the course here we're not going to like move our ball around either we're just going to hit it wherever <laughs> the ball lands you know what i mean i'll follow I'll so, follow your analogy um yeah and and you're starting what are you going to start with tonight i was 17 years old i walked into plan nine records which um tracy wilson and i talked about during her guest slot what was that episode 117 great Ooh, uh yeah. maybe I can check. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, about six or seven episodes ago. Fantastic guest. We'll have a guest on the next show. Yeah. Okay. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, next week. And um, but I was like 17 years old. I walked into Plan On Records, and uh, I was slipping through the the imported bin, mm-hmm. and there was this very pretty artwork on a a 12 inch EP. I didn't even know it was on Factory Records at the time. It was 1984, 85. And it was uh, an EP with, with beautiful artwork called Village Fire. And uh, I bought it. And then I quickly realized, like, soon after, I never really asked you this question. Uh, how did you feel? Were you ever a Smiths fan? Fan of the Smiths? Um, yeah. Yeah. I like the Smiths. Um I wasn't obsessed with the Smiths, but I always enjoyed their stuff. And, um, you know, like for me, I was a sucker for the jangly guitars. Um, well, Johnny Marr is one of the uh, fantastic guitar right, players. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, I was, I was sort of a dorky kind of, you know, one of those like good student, but a bit of a misfit kind of kids. Um, didn't really Well, it sounds in. like kind of like an ideal fan of the Smiths. Well, right, right. But it, but it was like, I was not that forlorn. You know what I mean? Like it didn't hit me in my sweet spot as much as um, some other lyrics might have. I'm, I'm drawing a blank sort of like, you know, R, I think REM, more of the like mumbly, like trying to figure out what, what the emotion is instead of like, here's my emotion and and I'm look at how sad I am you know, like that was not really my bag but I liked them right. 
from a musical standpoint. Um, and I like the humor, you know, like the, um, you know, if if a double decker bus crashes into us to die by your side, you know, like I like that. Oh, the sort lyrics of stuff. are, yeah. You know, I I gravitated fantastic. to that sort of stuff more than to the oh poor me, uh, you know. Well, that was interesting thing about them because I saw them three times as a teenager. Wow. In the Middle Atlantic area, and like. Um, the first one was amazing, and the second one was okay, and the third one was like, you know, I'm kind of like done with this because like, uh, just uh, Morrissey's ego was like rampant, and like, um, and I just like, uh, it, it just took away from the rest of the bands. Like, whereas like, if you think about like my childhood or like my early teenage years, like how soon is now, you know, with Johnny Mars guitar part, like just the whole thing was like, uh, right. Right, so, you know, a bit, a bit like you know, as an Echo and the Bunny Man, Echo and the Bunny Man fan, and like, uh, and there's a lot of things, you know, like uh, it was just like so impactful, and then like, but anyway, so I bought this record, and then I quickly realized it's a record by a band from Manchester called James, and their story is very interesting. I'll get into it after the song, but this is a record I bought when I was 17 years old. And uh, off off their first first EP, which is on Factory, which had no Factory like Peter Saville. Like mm -hmm. today is a day in which I got um, seven inch test pressings from the next two records I'm going to put out of Broker's Tip. One by Quattro Senna from Baltimore, it's great, and one by C Knight from San Francisco, and they're both great. And um, Quattro Senna is very interested in the Peter Saville aesthetic. Um, is a guy that you know mm -hmm. was the main designer for the factory records stuff right and and i was thinking like it must have been so weird to be on factory and have like you know just a kind of a different kind of like aesthetic feel i didn't realize it was a factory record until i got it home <laughs> and i loved it and then they went on to like and their story's interesting i'll talk about it after the song but this is him from a village off the 1985 ep um, called Village Fire. Yeah. 
You know, I'd never heard that before. I I, I know James, um, but I kind of just know the hits. That was really well. They cool. went on to be like a very big band in the '90s, and they lost yeah. me in the in the late in the late '80s, and like. Um, yeah, but well, even, they got big. even still, those hits now—they're—they're—they're. Uh, they're, they're, if you revisit them, they're—they're they're kind of fun. They're, maybe there's sort of like a scritty polity where they took some turns and got popular and changed. But when you revisit, you find at the time you didn't like it, but now it's, it's sort of cool. Well, the amazing thing about it was that Paul Gilbertson, who was only in the band from '82 to '85, and he started the band. And he quit the band in 85. And then, like, he became a taxi driver in Manchester. And then he essentially kind of dropped off the map. And, like, he convinced his friend Jim Glennie, still in the James, like, and then and it became, it obtained legendary status to buy a bass guitar, even though he had no interest in music. So, like, it was, like, one of these interesting things that happens when kids go to college and they meet each other and they're like, we should do a band in the early 80s. And they like their shows were like a, like a rambling wreck. It was all improv, and they they hired their singer Tim Booth, who's also like pretty legendary because of his charismatic dancing style. They didn't even know he could sing, so they originally hired him as a dancer in the early '80s. And by the time 1985 rolled around, they like they wouldn't even like practice anywhere near each other. It was like they would play live. It was a very unusual Social band. distancing, huh? So, like, Gilbertson dropped out. Gilbertson, the guy who started the band, dropped out. And then Glennie was like, who didn't care about music, was like, music's, like, amazing. And then, like, Tim Booth, like, realized he could, like, not only dance, but he could sing. And then they kind of, like, you know, went quiet for a few years. They opened for the Smiths on the Meet His Murder tour. That was one of the amazing things about it. It's like, it was like to have a rambling wreck up there. Did you see that yeah. tour? Did you see? Is that one of the times you saw? No, it? They, they wouldn't have played in the U.S. Oh, okay. Like, uh, in fact, I think uh, the first time I saw the Smiths, the three o'clock opened for them, but that might not be accurate. But like, uh, but they were just like you know whoever was like cool American indie when they came to the states, like would open for them. But like, but they eventually like uh, even like it's amazing like. In 1991, 10 years after the band was founded, they were named Best New Artists in England. But they already made, like, <laughs> they already had, had records on Factory and stuff right. like that. It was just so bizarre. Like, the only thing that I actually owned, like, I know the hits. Like, I, I know, like, you know, a handful of hits. But, like, yeah. Well, and the only record I own is, is you know, Village Fire, like, five songs from James. Wow. And, like, uh, and that's, you know, one of the songs on there. I love that song. Laid, Laid and, was uh, a really big hit for them, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the big one. Yeah, they've had, they've had, they've, yeah, that was a big U.S. hit, right? And um, it was kind of interesting, like um, how like bands that you adore for like the first several years of their career, and then they they change their ways, and like I mean, like or whatever, however it works, like it could have easily happened. Imagine it happened to like you know a lot of fans that I mean, I do know for a fact that like you know many pavement fans. And Silver Juice fans, like, you know, just as soon as, like, Crooked Rain rolled around, they didn't, they didn't care. They only liked the early stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah. you know, it's just, like, you know, that kind of thing. And, like, I understand that from this, the sounds, sound aesthetic, but, like, uh, love James. Well, y y you make a good point. And I think some of it has to do with 
where the artist is at the time and where the listener is at the time and talking at an individual level like some people aren't ready to take the same journey that the artist is and so that's where they diverge you know the people that liked slanted and enchanted but you lost them at crooked rain or you lost them at wowie's well everything that came before it too like they like demolition plot j7 and like sure. perfect song forever like sure. slave tracks and like sure as soon as like crooked rain came around they're like oh come on, oh, come on now like but like it wasn't that way for change so, like well like, imagine like maybe i mean you never know i mean in in some cases i mean i but they're easily as big as pavement a lot of ways oh yeah like, yeah and, and I, f- I find that I have done that myself, where I would diverge from a band, and then 20 years later, or now, go back and revisit it and be like, I was being stupid and silly and close-minded, and just, I didn't want to allow the artist to evolve, because I wasn't ready for that evolution. Well, the amazing thing about James is Paul Gilbertson, who started the band, he was he's a founding member of the band. He did not want to evolve. He wanted it to be this like weird natural course of improv, or like where he hired like a weird guy. Didn't hire him. It was just like one of his mates from college who's a weird dancer, and one of his mates who didn't care about music, uh, Jim Glennie. And like it just it was like that was like it was like pure, you know. Yeah. Like so, it's 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 just like some artists can pull it off and some can, right? You know? Right. Well, cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for reminding me of James because um, there that are... entire EP is great. I mean, that yeah. entire EP is like you know. Okay. You talk about this sometimes. It is readily available. And, like it is. It is great. Those five songs are all great. Like, um, I'll, I'll 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 take a look. Yeah. Thanks. This is this is why we do this. Sort of thing. like the, you know, sort of like the band of Holy Joy. Have you ever listened to them? No. Yeah, like uh, bands like that. Like um, I think I played them on the show, but like, uh, did you really? Maybe. Yeah, like, even like Tinder Sticks, like oh, same yeah. sort of thing. Like Tinder Sticks sure. would be another example of a band that you like. Um, you know, like their early stuff. For is, and I think you can actually say the same about Bell and Sebastian. Like some people like um, have not really like you know, in bands like have a longevity, and like so like if you're a completist, it's a different thing. But like some people just like certain eras of bands, so like. Right. And like, even like, I mean, I'll just talk about, you know, Silver Jews. Um, some people like, you know, the mid era and the late era, and they, they think the early era sounds horrible, which, you know, a lot of cases they're right. But like, <laughs> um, it is kind of Sebado, same thing. So like, Sonic U, same thing. Well, so REM, REM, same thing. Like, think about the people that like never listened to the first six REM records. Right. Or the first six. Sonic Youth records, who are huge Sonic Youth fans. I I will um, I'll use a, a really good personal example for me, which is Wire. When I first got, yeah Wire exactly. Well, I mean like I like all the early Wire stuff, and then like they lost me a few times. Yeah, but like you know yeah, and then but then they they come back around. I mean the new record is is maybe I should play Wire. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Uh, well, they're just so good. Like we have played Wire, but like I, we we'll have play but, them again. But 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 we haven't played we haven't played anything from their new record. And I think it's okay to revisit a band like well, then that. We should play. We should definitely play something off of one of the best records I've heard in the last year, which is the Horse Horse record. Oh, uh, we should. Yeah, that was that was super yeah. good. But maybe, um, maybe, maybe I should play. We'll do it on the next show. We'll do it okay. on the next show. Next show. 
In fact, I think we should revisit, like, we should do a show of revisiting. Because, like, uh, we have played, like, uh, each at this point, like, about 375 artists. Yeah. And we, have, we haven't done that many updates. So, like, I right. think we should do, like, the occasional updates. Well, and, I mean, bands like Wire, bands like Sonic Youth, The X, you know, you played Nick Cave early. Like, um, and The X is one of your favorite 10 bands of all time. Yeah, for sure. You can't. And you, like, you, could, you should have done a whole show about The X. Yeah, well, you can't summarize their whole career in one song. You have to, re- you know, so it's it's appropriate to revisit, especially after 122 episodes. So so the point, the point that Mike's trying to explain to the listeners right now is that we've dabbled, <laughs> but we're going to get back in. Okay, uh, I will. Pl- I will. In play the meantime, s- we're going to play artists we have not played. Yes, I will play something that I discovered. Um, this is this will be new to you. Um, I'm going to play an artist named Shuggy Otis. So now, what you're doing is you're you're like, yeah, I know what you're doing. <laughs> what am I doing? I I yeah, you're kicking it old school. You're twisting. Yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna twist this. I love this. I love it when you do this. I, I um. So I'm. I mean, I'm, I know what you're doing. You're I'm twisting. I'm twisting. I'm pleasantly surprised that that um, you're not aware of Shuggy because Shuggy is. Uh, you're playing Friday night music on a Wednesday night. <laughs> I kind of am. Yeah, yeah. but you, you know the listeners may be listening on a Friday, so it's you know. But nobody even knows what day of the week it is anymore. Exactly. Right? It's it's Friday somewhere. Well, they do. Um, they do because like. But uh, but Shuggy Otis was so he was a guitar prodigy who started in his band or in his de- sorry his father's band jo- uh, Johnny Otis, who was a blues dude, and Shuggy in his own right released a number of albums. I think his uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I think his debut solo record was maybe 1970. Um, put out some really good records in the early 70s. I think he had some drug problems. He just never really hit it, you know. And I think, I think at the time, some of it had to do with he was too hard to pigeonhole. He would like some of his records were straight up blues, some of them were boogie woogie, some were like funk, soul, psychedelia. Like he had like a Hendrix vibe, you know. And a lot of it was even. Trying to figure it all out, wasn't he kind of was, and and you know, I think a lot of it was, even or maybe he was just like enjoying himself. Well, right, right, and within the same album, often, and I think yeah. from a music marketing standpoint, the label had no idea how to sell him. You know, he's a black dude, so he's got to be R and B, but he's writing these like Bill Withers, you know, like beautiful little pop songs, and he's best known for Strawberry Letter Twenty Three, which was later covered by the Brothers Johnson and made a number one hit. In what, um, like late 70s, you said, right? 77, yeah. I mean, he did his version in, I want to say, 73, 4, something like that. Um, and they made it a number one hit. But, you know, meanwhile, he was dealing with drug problems, and he was, you know, kind of finding his way and sort of gotten... Where's he from? Where's Shuggy Otis from? Forgotten. Oh, oh, boy, I don't know. Now you're putting me on the spot. Uh, oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Um Maybe we'll let's, United States let, of America. United States of America. Let's play a song, and I'll do a little re- research during it, um, and we'll come back and discuss. This is from his 1974 album called Inspiration Information. The title track of which is incredible, but I'm not going to play that one. I'm going to play 
a song called Ice Cold Daydream, which I think sort of encapsulates his whole vibe. It's quirky, it's funky, there's a like really awesome guitar solo, it's got weird rhythms, you kind of can't pin it down, um, and it's just sort of original. Um, well, I hope you've selected well, Mike. Yeah, I hope I have too. I, li- I hope you like it, Bob. Ice Cold Daydream. Thank, thank you. Shuggy Otis. So yeah, Shiggy Otis, that song kind of it both breathes fire, but it's also kind of laid back at the same time. It's just like... Oh, man. <laughs> I love... Would that have like two and a half minutes in it? Yeah, exactly. Two minutes, 30 seconds. Let's play another one of those. You want me to play it? I'll, I'll play... Okay. Oh, yeah. Hold on, though. I got this L.A., man. L.A., yeah. Because yeah. his dad... Yeah, he's still was, humming. He's still humming it in his, the mid, his mid-60s. His dad was a big musician. But, you know, if you look at his discography, it's very spotty. And I think that was due to drugs. After he, well, I don't know about the drug thing, but, like, you know, he, he did get tied in with Arthur Love. Yeah. Arthur Lee of Love. Yeah. No, he, he definitely had some drug issues. Um, and that album came out in 74. <laughs> and... Um, has not he did not release another record for seven years and then there was a and that was just figuring it out and that was with his dad and then he basically like played with his dad he's he's not really recorded too many of his own solo records since then um but he's been rediscovered the albums have been reissued you can find boy 
if you want a, an original copy of that, um, it'll no, set, you're not gonna get that. You're it, not it'll set that. you back maybe a hundred bucks, but you yeah, can find yeah you're not getting that. You can find reissues. Uh, yeah. You want me to play another one from him? Yeah, play another. Play another. Okay, one, I'll yeah. play. I'll play the title track from that record, 1974. Yeah, in, inspiration. 74. I was. How old are you? Like three? Yep, I was. Uh, I was three. Yeah. Inspiration, information. Um, this has got a little mellower vibe, but it's it's such a great song. Yeah.
<laughs> well, now you're thinking, like, one interesting uh, piece of trivia about Shogi. Yeah. Is that he started playing when he was, like, nine years old. Yeah. Guitar prodigy. I mean, he... he yeah, it's like, you know... Yeah, exactly. He, and like so, like playing with his dad, he had to wear like a fake mustache and sunglasses mm-hmm. to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, when he was fifteen, first first album he recorded with his dad, he was fifteen. Can you imagine? No, like, you know. no. <laughs> there's no. no way to again. Like, I mean. There's no way in the world you ever put yourself in anybody else's shoes ever. I'm, I mean, uh, like, yeah, <laughs> no, I can't, I cannot imagine. Uh, so I'm not going to play the whole thing. Like, basically, be like your son Teddy's, like, what, seven or eight? Yeah, in in like, if you were sneaking, if you you had a band right now, you're sneaking Teddy in because yeah. he's like a guitar prodigy, right? Which he, you know, yeah, he, <laughs> trust I, me, he's not. You slap a mustache on, on him and, and dark sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> and like, um, and Ted, Teddy would be game. Like, I would, don't know Teddy personally, but he'd be game. He would be like, game. Um, yeah. So I'm not gonna pl- I'm not gonna play the whole thing. I'm just gonna play the opening notes of Strawberry Letter 23 just to jog everyone's memory of yeah. of that song because they probably know the Brothers Johnson version, but this is Shuggy's version. So, uh, yeah, you can check it out on your own, but that's Shuggy's original of that song. And I, you know, the, the, the one I played, Inspiration Information, I love, there's like the little, like, finger snaps, you know, like the little... Oh, it's relentless, you know. <laughs> the little touch is just so awesome. Just such a, yeah, such a good vibe it. record. But, but like, even... Even throughout that record, it's very schizophrenic. You know, it changes styles. He can't be pinned down. I mean, he's probably he was what twenty one when he recorded that, and I'm, that was old for him. It was old for him, and he was, <laughs> but he he's was, still going strong at sixty six, right? And he was probably just kind of bored and like, oh, I want to try this and I want to try that and I want to, you know, and he at the time just was not able to find his audience, um, but. Well, who knows? It was, you know, it's always a huge challenge. It and is. Here's a band. I'm gonna, I'll, 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 I will take an amazing pivot here. Okay. I'll go to a like a, a major part of like the new Chicago scene, cool. and my friend uh, Anthony Vaccaro uh, sent me the the album, okay. which is called Honeymoon, and it's on a, uh, a record label that I was pretty unknowing of called Mom and Pop Records, a big record label with all kinds of huge artists. Okay. And, like, this band started, like, doing, like, shows in houses and basements in 2015. And this is off their first album ever after releasing many singles and EPs. This is Beach Bunny with a song called Rear View off their album Honeymoon, released, I think, about a month ago. Wow. Okay. New to me. Here we go. Chicago. Without, baptized in sin, and blessed without, 
Most nights I hardly know myself Sometimes I feel like someone else Was I ever good enough for you? There's always someone I'm trying to live up to seem closer in the rear view underneath a lapathy woven into my tapestry did you ever love me at all sometimes I start to lose control was I ever good enough for you? There's always someone I'm trying to live up to I can never get to you You always seem closer In the real view It's like big power pop, like for 2020. Like it's supposed to be like um, things things that were supposed to happen in 2020. That's a uh, Lily Trefilio, who's like charismatic lead singer, and like uh, Mom and Pop Records is like you know apparently a very powerful label. Big Mike, label, I mean, like huh? uh, I didn't know. Yeah, they're. I mean, they've got offices in New York and L.A. Da da da, da and they've got like. Courtney Barnett, Rage Against the Machine, Audio Slave, Sunflower Bean. Mm. I mean, like, it's insane. Like, they're huge. Like, uh, it's weird. Like, uh, these are things that, like, if you divorce yourself from the game, and then you get back into it. Like, they were supposed to play Primavera Sound, um, which I would have been a part of, and, like... And they were like, you know, four years ago, they were little in Chicago and stuff like that. But like, but like, this is like their time. That's kind of an interesting thing. It's like, to me, like, these are kids that like lost a year, or might lose two years or like uh, out of their musical experience. Right. Right. That's yeah. it's just weird to figure out. It's like, you know, it's like, to me, it's like, so... When I think about the 90s, in my case, like, to be quite honest, everything fell into place pretty, pretty sweetly, you know. Sure. And I can't imagine being like, um, I mean, I mean, you know, it, 
to business, you know, yeah. like the music business. Like some people, you know, I run Burger Step, you run Little Brother, and like um, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, we're not well moneyed labels. No. And never have been, never mm-hmm. will be. But like, um, it is interesting to think that, like, uh, that this is a year miss for people like this. They right. put out their debut album. Right. They made a bunch of singles and EPs, and like this is supposed to be their like coming out party 2020, massive tour around the world, like right. not only here in their own country, but like yeah. you know, <clears throat> yeah, who knows? Like, who knows? I mean, I, I just think about this like how it's going to work, like with live music and small venues, medium venues, and large venues, and going to see live music. And I'm sure I've talked about it on the show, but like, you know, how it's going to work, and like, uh, but this band obviously wants to present themselves to present themselves and like honeymoon is a great album like uh thanks anthony for uh he's a he joined the band only in 2019 oh so your buddy your buddy that sent you it is actually in the band yeah he's a bass player in the band oh i didn't realize that i maybe you said that and i missed that connection i thought he was just a friend of yours who joined the band last year and he's like dude like we're supposed to play with you this year at primavera like about you know, four months ago, and he's like, I don't think it's going to happen, but, like, maybe it'll happen next year, you know? I get it now. I'm slow. I didn't yeah. realize that, that this friend of yours was actually one of the band members. Okay. Now, that's cool. I'll, I'll check them out. So, is it normally that same kind of vibe, where it's sort of mellow? No, they go all on the map. Okay. She gets really personal. Okay. Um, cool. And, like, uh, it's a very interesting record. Like, I've only listened to it four times. He sent it to me, like, uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, well, it's brand new. And... Yeah, it's brand new. So like, this is like you know supposed to be their their year. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things. Is like, it must be so weird to be like in your like late twenties or whatever the hell you know, regardless of your age. And this is supposed to be your time. Have a year taken away? Sure. You know, the Lucy Arnell. Like you know, my, right. you know, obviously I talk about Lucy constantly. We've had on the show, and like you know, she's working on her new EP, and I've got even at broker's tip we got c night for san francisco they've had to postpone everything they were going to do this year and quattro sent us same thing same yeah. as piranorama right so like yep. i think about my little stable of artists who like i'll do anything for but like at the same time like it is like weird when you're on like a, a label where like you know you could be opening for courtney barnett yep who's, like, very well-established. Sure. Or you could be opening for, like, Audio Slave. Yeah. You know, like... And, like, you'd be like, I'm going to find my audience this year. And, like, uh, you know... In this, in the case of this band, they've worked really hard for five years, especially the the original member uh, and, and like, the singer. Mm-hmm. And, like, Lily... I don't know her surname properly. It's uh, L-I-L-I-T-R-I-F-I-L-I-O. But and, and uh, car, I was like, we're so excited to play with you, Primavera Sound. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's like, yeah. Well, I mean, I, mean, I would have made sure that I went and saw his set, you know, <laughs> his band, you know, and all of them, you know. But like, uh, it is just like kind of a lost. It's just a lost year in live music. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we might lose it in 2021. And there is also an overriding concern that right now, like, Americans, like, can't fly to Europe. Right. I know. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So, 
Yeah, so... Yeah, deservedly so. Stay, I mean, like, stay safe, wear a mask if you go out, you know, be smart. Uh, this stuff's real, for sure. Um, well, it's definitely more than real. It's just like... Uh, well, but there, there, there's a subset that don't think it's real, is the thing. That's, we're not talking about the subset. We're talking about the, you know... I guess... Talking I, about the, the people that want things to happen. I like guess, it. yeah. The, the, I think that... People yeah, listening anyways, to this ahead. show probably don't follow those sorts of conspiracy theories but um but yeah I'll, I'll i'll play a similar artist in fact a current artist uh i had thought that they were from australia maybe because i was just ill-informed and sort of the sound the singer join the club mate join right. the club the singer reminds me a lot of courtney barnett barnett um very similar vocal phrasings but uh, it turns out they're actually from cambridge uk um, well, which God bless Cambridge. Yes. Um, so they released an album that came out last year. I think it was their second HQ, album. baby. Yeah, New market. Yeah. Um, this is from their 2019 album called There's No Fight We Can't Both Win. Um, a trio called Mammoth Penguins. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's, we'll play it and we'll talk about it. The song's called I Wanna. Perfect.
Emma Koopa on vocals and guitar there, Mammoth Penguins. I like that. It's a song it's a about lot of foul language. A <laughs> song about love or <laughs> lust or something or other. I don't know, but it's kind of a fun one, huh? I'm drastically wrong too because like Newmark is a Suffolk, okay, or Suffolk, and um, Cambridgeshire is like a bit west of that. Okay, but they move from Sheffield. They're Sheffield down. Ah, I see. Am I crazy to think? But they've been around for a long time. They've been around for a long time, and they quit for a few years, and they moved there. Ah, I, I, so, like, stupidly had been listening to them for a little while, and did no research, and just I think from the vocals, I just assumed they were from Australia. I could see that, and and because because I cause just sort of kept thinking Courtney Barnett. Really, they were my, I, they yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So anyway, but fun band, good album. Um, yeah, check them out. We'll do. I'm gonna go to Dublin. Dublin. Go to Dublin, 2020. A band that's like uh, kind of reminiscent of Idols, who they are on the same label with Partisan Records. Punk rock. Idols. Yeah. And and like they're like you know. They're at least one or two generations younger. Fontaine's DC from Dublin. Okay. And they had a big album in 2018, but this is like uh, one of their two new singles. Another another band that, like, this was supposed to be the year. Mm-hmm. And it's called I Don't Belong by Fontaine's DC from Dublin. Song. 
So from from your lead-in, and, and I guess it was the mention of idols, I was expecting something much heavier and louder and punkier, but that's got kind of a vibe to it, like low-key, post It's haunting. Yeah, a little haunting. Um, it's weird, like, uh, so, like, these labels, like Beach Buddy, they're on Mom and Pop, and Partisan... It's like these are very like um, very strong independent labels. Okay. Like uh, offices in London, Los Angeles. Like started in Williamsburg. You know, mom. Like these. Like it's weird. It's like to me, it's like very interesting. Like uh, because I don't pay attention. I don't have to. You know what I mean? Like I I don't have to. Yeah. Nor do you. No. But like, offer this is fun. It's like this is no, but I'm saying like. From a business perspective, like this is what the big like, they call them indie labels, but like I'm not really sure what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I mean, it, I mean, are you saying that they're are, you're not sure if they're approaching it from more of an aesthetic standpoint or approaching it from more of a business standpoint? I don't even know. It's just like yeah. it's an interesting twist because, like you know, like five days ago, I'd never heard of. Her, uh, either record label yeah but they're huge record labels like yeah. in the case of of the label this band's on fontaine cc they put out records by fela Kuti, idols i mean so ultra light they wow. put out labels by like deer tick deer tick was their first band okay you know and like it's just like these mercury revs had records put out on that like Sil- Sylvan Esso, I mean, like, are they doing all new stuff, or is there some reissue stuff mixed in? Or I have no fucking idea, but it's, it's just like really, it's just like there's a you know, they're they're not they're not brokers tip. I'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, like, they're playing like, at a different level. Know, I get you. Yeah, it's just so weird to me, like uh, what the young businessmen are going for. Yeah. I mean, like, I believe me, I think that I'd love to see that band live. 
yeah be really interesting i've listened like 10 of their songs but like i i just i'm not really sure like um because i've been in these situations before throughout my life since like the early 90s where like you're just like on this and there's this and like there's Mm -hmm. hype Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. like if you're hyped then you're just like you're in a different different position yeah for sure yeah, yeah, you have got the machine money behind, behind you. you. Yeah, you know, it's just like it'd be almost like you know, if we talk about horse racing, if you're owned by like Coolmore or Godolphin, like as right. opposed to a discard, you know, because like, <laughs> right, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah, or yeah. like in this country, like I don't even know the names of all these or Windstar, you know, like so, like um, I just thought it's just so weird to me, like um, even like in this country with like um, Space Bomb in Richmond or. Jag Jaguar, or like, mm-hmm. you know, these things are like these like businesses like have these strategies and like, how do you get on that? Like, right. And even Matador, which right. label I've been associated with essentially from their start, right. like, uh, like how, you know, how does this really happen? Like, yeah. um, they they plan their year from a marketing perspective. They they plan out all of that. You know, it's which is a, a level I was not playing at uh, when I was releasing records, and I'm imagining you aren't. Well, yet. no, we never would have done. You <laughs> yeah. know, but like at the same time, we never would have been our presi- our angle in. Right. But like, uh, it is interesting to me to like uh, always be an outsider. Yeah. 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 Well, always be an outsider, despite like my personal experience, which is like you think I, you think i was an insider but i'm not you know <laughs> i'm sitting on a, on a back porch in des moines talking to you, you know? i mean like and i'm more than happy to do so yeah i'm glad you are you know? i'm glad i'm more are. than happy to like you know have red livy like you know she's got one horse i'm a one horse stable one you horse know stable. Like, yeah yeah the so like riders. you know um, but like uh, it, it's just like it's such an interesting game for sure music's the same way for sure. like, that's like that's the parallel you can always draw between music and horse racing, which are like, although you've you've quit the horse racing industry like how many years ago? Five, four, five, uh, three, I think. I'm still I still have my hand in the game working for Echo Base at Prairie Meadows, but at the same time, like, you know, basically, you know, we're out of all games. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. We got this podcast. We got this podcast. You and my, you and me, yeah. buddy. But I mean, it's inter- interesting to me, like because Beach Money, I like you know, I listened to like a whole bunch of their songs, and Anthony generous, generously sent me their album, and it's it's a great sounding album, and and Lily who sings for the band's you know really talented person, and Fontaine CC like you know there's this like kind of haunting. And I've listened to like ten of their songs. Not a lot. Is it but like, is it all kind of of that same vibe, or do they get louder and faster, and or is it just kind of that? It's just like it, brooding beat. I mean, it's Dublin, so it's like Dublin's answer to like what's going on across the Irish Sea, like okay. as far as I can tell. Yeah, you know, okay. it's good. You know, yeah. like I'll check. Uh, it. Like, and again, again, everything's like best judged live. Well, of so course. like, of course, everything is always best judged live. When it comes to stuff like this. Right. Absolutely. Because one thing idols have pulled off is like, they're probably better, way better live than on record. Right. I've I've not seen Sleaford mods, but like, you know. Yeah. Same, I'm sure. And, and. But I'll tell you this, Courtney Barnett kicks ass a lot. Yeah. I have not seen her, but I can imagine. I mean, so, but it's like, it is like a weird, music's so weird to me, like, uh, how things make it and how things don't. Like, again, mm-hmm. like, you're talking to, like, 
one of the most fortunate people in the music industry in terms of like the 90s the luckiest man in indie rock <laughs> not really no know, not really I just, no. I just like to bust your balls man no that's fine but like not really because you know <laughs> believe me like Hardest i don't working, know if they're man? lifting their fucking gear but like uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know hardest I mean, working like, lucky man in indie rock <laughs> no no i'm not i'm not at all not at all <laughs> I'm just nobody. Fucking with nobody you. would ever tell you that. I'm just fucking with you, man. Um, uh, you're always welcome to do so. All right. Well, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play something from London in the '60s. Yeah. Um, so this is a band that's contemporary of the Who and the Kinks and all those bands. Um, they were kind of mods, and then they went sort oh, yeah, of. Oh yeah, here's one of the things. Yeah, here's one of the things. Yeah, the pretty things. That's right. I'm gonna play the pretty things. And Mr. Phil May, the lead singer, passed away recently. Um, you know, God rest his soul. But I'm going to play something from their classic 1968 record called SF Sorrow, which, you know, some people would argue from a concept record standpoint, I've heard people say they like it better than Sgt. Pepper or any of the other contemporary albums that came out in the late Which 60s. people are those? Oh, I don't know. Just, just you know. Exactly. People, people that with strong opinions, but it's you know, it's it's an album of that stature. I guess is is sort of the point that I'm making. Not not to not to deride the Beatles or anything would, like would that. Would you would you describe yourself as a person that has strong opinions? Uh, it, it depends on the opinion, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, it comes to like choosing a loaf of bread on the, uh, on the shelf, um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It depends. It depends what I'm going for. Am I making toast, or are we making a sandwich, or am I having it with exactly, olive yeah, oil exactly, and, yeah. and 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 vinegar, and uh, you know? So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well-founded opinion is what we call that. Mike. That's right. That's right. Um, so anyway, the pretty things. Um, this one's called "Walking Through My Dreams," 
little classic pop psychedelia i don't know what do you call that classic rock psychedelic yeah. i call it mid-60s music yeah man. from some from kent from kent um from sidcup they're not they're not london oh they're kent okay man. but good band you know one of those bands oh hell yeah they're a good band should... you can imagine seeing them when you were like minus seven years old <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that album came out. You know, when you you'd were have one, been dancing. Yeah. You'd have been dancing. Yeah, that's right. Um, but you know, I mean, I think they're a band that gets. They haven't necessarily been revisited. You know what I mean? Like some of these bands have been rediscovered, um, and are getting their due. I don't hear people talking about the pretty things much. Well, I mean, you know, Phil May has passed. Like, right. Hopefully, they, they've done some tributes in his home country. I would imagine the UK. Yeah, I would imagine, but but even still, you know, I mean, Radio Six and all that. Yeah, yeah, good band. Because even mine, like, there's good DJs over there, and like, you know, that even though John Peel's passed, but like, you know, they still have good, great DJs mm-hmm. there. There's, um, you know, the dude from the Fall, uh, Mark Riley, right? Yeah, Mark Riley, Radio Six. Tom, you know, Tom Robinson. On. He did a Swerve on live session for Breakers to Breakers. Nice. You know. Tom, Tom, Tom Robinson of the Glad uh, Glad to Be Gay fame does a, does a uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, fuck, you know. <laughs> Go on and on, yeah. you know. Um, all right, so you wanted to end the show. We we we've got a an audible, right? Yeah. It's not audible. I'm going to do the circular nature of things, like a great film, like a Louis Buñuel film. <laughs> you slicing up eyeballs? Yeah, slicing up eyeballs for you. Okay. And this is uh, James, same record. Okay. Village Fire. Good night, Mike. Good night, Bob. Seen your mouth moving, heard others hear say Those words are a piece of a part that you play That sounds like your father, a teacher The church didn't spring from the heart But 
Peace be with you. You too, Bob. Be well. Thanks, everyone.